Scott Rowland is going to the Hall of Fame. What does that mean for me and BBD? It means we're going to talk about it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Wake and Jake. A little baseball, a little football. Championship weekend. We start out with the baseball uh, because we had the announcement. Scott Rowland will be joining the Hall of Fame with Fred McGriff. Nice little, how's your corner infield right there? Uh, Fred McGriff went in on the Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee back in December. (laughs) It's going to be hard to not be ridiculous about this process. Scott Rowland gets in with more than 75% of the vote. Where did he land? 76? 76 76.3. 297 votes. You needed 292 to get in. So your winners, Scott Rowland, Fred McGriff, can talk about them a little bit because BBD gave me the cute eyes this morning and said, tell me about Scott Rowland, pa. Um, He's good. Uh, I think the first, and I just opened Twitter for the first time, usually play my boring uh, subway game on the subway. Todd Helton, 281 votes, 72.2%. Basically, if you know how the Hall of Fame works, that means he's in next year. Um, And it is crazy. I saw Ryan Spielborgs, who calls some of the Rockies games with Kelsey Wingert. Um, And all-time kind of ridiculous name, Spielborgs. Yeah, I think he does like MLB Network radio stuff. He's he's been like in the mix for a bit. And uh, back when I was heavy... Heavy in my fantasy baseball days. He came up and he was hitting a little bit. And back then it was like, oh, guy comes up with the Rockies. They're going to hit. And we were making fun of his last name. And we're like, Ryan Spielborgs from the moon. Um, (laughs) Not a great joke, but it's out there now. You had to be there, man. It's out there now for everyone. Uh, And I guess he is like a zany guy when he calls the games and stuff. So, um, but he was beside himself. Uh, that Todd Helton is not a Hall of Famer, uh, and he will be, and uh, I guess it's more so the process of baseball and, and how much we do this, and we had to find out more about Coors, and the common person still doesn't know or care. Uh, they just hear Coors Field, and they hear home runs, and you're going to hit more, right? Uh, oh, Todd Helton, my goodness. How is your 2000 to 2004... Mm. <laughs> For five years, Todd Helton averaged 349, a 450 on base, and a 1.09 OPS, a 160 OPS plus. Uh, everyone for years thought Coors Field just cooks the books. They can help you out with your home numbers and you get a boost, but basically anything you'd get at home, you lose on the road. Uh, There's articles that can speak about it better than me. I've gone, talked about it on here. I've talked about it on Talking Baseball. Uh, So, yeah, I I think it's funny that Ryan Spielborgs, and, you know, if you're a Rockies fan, you want your guy to go to the Hall of Fame. I, I get it. I was looking up third baseman and, like, Greg Nettles, he is now, he's going to be your highest third baseman uh, war-wise that's not probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, so, you know, some Yankee stuff there, and don't even get me going on Bernie, but maybe I will in a minute. Um, 
Yeah, Nettles in the in his Yankeeography. There's a bunch of guys who's like he's the best player who's not in the Hall of Fame, which is a little Yankee, but very Yankee. He's like got a, a much better argument than you'd think looking back. And it's 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 why baseball is beautiful. I I guess that's why if you wanted to, you could get so mad at all of this. Why do we even have a system where <laughs> there's ten ballots or whatever? And, like, we have this baseball, what's a, cast system? Mm. I don't know if that works perfectly. But, basically, like a first ballot Hall of Famer, we treat we treat them differently. Uh, and small hall has become a little bit of a joke, but it's also not a joke. Um, Todd Helton will be joining the Hall of Fame next year. He's, uh, he's halfway through his eligibility and yeah. just short now, so yeah. it seems like he's got it. Couple gold gloves. Was really good with the stick. His stats at the time probably should have been more respected, but they weren't because of Colorado and the Rockies' effect. Um, now that we know more about it, we can be smarter about it. Um, and he's an all-time... He's an all-time peak guy. Um, and I think for years that was held against him because of Coors Field. And I think people are now starting to realize uh, that maybe it should not be. Man, there's going to be... Coming up, we're going to have some first baseman, Albert Pujols. Mm. He's number two in war. Uh, he's He will be first ballot. Mickey Cabs, the war's not crazy. Is that right? No. I think he has... I don't know what number hmm. you're specifically seeing, but he probably has a couple because they made him play more third base. And he, like, went back when they got Prince Fielder, and I'm guessing some defense stuff drags him down a bit. That's interesting. He's a... DH the last few years, so didn't compile. Two MVPs. And he's got 3,000 hits and 500 homers, so you'd think Miguel Cabrera would be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but... First base is wild, man. There's some names above him that you're like, well... Jim Tomei, Frank yeah. Thomas, Jeff Bagwell had a lot of stats. Joey Votto. Right now, Joey Votto's kind of on a line, but he's got an MVP. I, I say he's on a line. Rafael Palmero's below him, and he'd probably be in if it weren't for steroid stuff. Yeah, just the numbers. Keith Hernandez, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Okay. Todd Helton getting in is good. Todd Helton getting in is good. Well, he's not in. <laughs> so Rockies fans may be mad at me. Um, but, man, we might see a run on first baseman in future years. Between five years from now, Pujols, Miggy Cavs, Votto. Who knows where Goldschmidt lands? He could be. Man, first base is tough. You got to hit, huh? Yeah, that's, that's like the hitting position across every era. Keith Hernandez has an argument. 60 career war. Olrude. Mm -hmm. Um Todd Helton, the 2000 season's crazy. I know he has a 10-year peak that's that's all crazy, but it, uh, that year, and you see he finished fifth in MVP. 372 led the league in doubles and hits uh, with 42 homers, fifth in MVP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we literally, I told Jolly Olive, I don't, I don't know if it's one video, I don't know if it's a video series or I, whatever it is, but Jolly Olive... Needs to do, like, a video series that is, like... Needs to, like, be the Todd Helton guy. Like, re reworking MVP voting and Cy Young voting. Because it would change how you look at Todd Helton. Like, oh, guys, guy never finished top four of MVP? Well, nobody knew what they were doing. 
That yep. that Rockies team finished eighty two and eighty, so he couldn't win MVP. That's like how it worked. Them's the rules in that time. Uh, things have changed since then. Uh, so Todd Helton will be going in. Rockies fans very mad right now. Um, and I get it, but I also don't. Like you know, at this point, we know how the system works. I think anyone who's gotten that voting has gotten into the Hall of Fame. Like, everybody. Pretty much everybody increases year to year over year. Yeah. Once you've gotten over seventy, you usually get in the next year. So it he's only know. halfway through, which I I would have guessed he was closer to the end, but and no, you know he's what had it is? so much time. Maybe dude. it's the last year for Rockies fans to really lean into it because yeah. he will be a Hall of Fame. Next year, you guys sh- should shout about it. That's what he he should have been there the whole time. Uh, so I guess that's good. For Todd Helton, uh, the guy who's going to be, I think, maybe borderline next year will be Billy Wagner, 68%. He's sneaking up. Everyone's going back and loving Billy Wagner. He kind of felt like a Hall of Famer at the time. Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Beltron is the following list <laughs> after that. Beltron, the more and more we do trivia around the office, the more and more you realize kind of how ridiculous it was what he did on a baseball field. Jeff Kent, out. Forty-six and a half percent. That was his final year on the ballot. I don't know. He was good for a couple years. I think got an MVP. Got that two thousand MVP over Todd Elton. Look at that. Uh, kind of a tough guy, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. Of... The problem is, I don't. I don't think he was very nice to the media members who got to vote on him for Isn't this. That funny. So. But Big Poppy was first ballot. Uh, let's enjoy Scott Rowland a little more. Jeff um, Kent's first all-star game. 31. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, the full year numbers aren't great until then, so I guess it does add up. Teammate had something in the water. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, Jasper, Indiana. That's where Scott Rowland was born. Imagine we did that. Um, <laughs> Scott Rowland was awesome defensively, and that's where, where I'll start. Um. He ended up with eight gold gloves. Um, I know gold gloves, <laughs> kind of like I talked about with Jolly Olive's updated award shows, have been taken over time. Uh, when he was in Philadelphia, uh, they were playing at Veterans Stadium and the turf over there where baseballs were literally like bullets. Um, he was one of the, when I picture that third baseman making that like, he was almost, in my head, and this is probably unfair to Scott Rowland, because he, he came up in 1996. This isn't like he came up in the 80s. Um, but that plant-and-throw third baseman, dive to the foul line, plant, make that throw. Scott Rowland had that in his bag. He had all of it in his bag. Um, and then uh, the conversation kind of becomes where baseball becomes fun and ugly for almost no reason, uh, just because we like to because they're three-hour games and we like to talk. Scott Rowland, whether you go back to uh, those Philly teams, I mean, he was, you know, him, Bobby Abreu, Kurt Schilling. You know, those were the dudes on those teams. Uh, I don't think they did too much of anything in Philly those years. Um, But, you know... 26 homers. He's got 21-31. 
26, 26, 25. So he's literally with Philadelphia. He's putting together 25 or 26 home runs, kind of like clockwork. Um, the on-base percentage is there, which, again, uh, you have to go back to the 90s to, like, that wasn't fully appreciated. I'd remember on early Yes Network broadcast, they'd be like, you know what? And this player can walk. Paul O'Neill will take a walk. And you're like, all right. What the hell is that? Moneyball, that's gone. Um, he goes over to St. Louis. Uh, fourth in the MVP in 2004. Uh Part of the problem there, and BBD mentioned this beforehand, Jim Edmonds, who was awesome, uh, the center fielder, they both won dotted that year, OPS-wise. Jim Edmonds, Scott Rome, third base center field, my two favorite positions on the baseball field. They both won dotted and are both, like, high-level gold glovers at their position. Nasty. The problem... Albert Pujols was their first baseman. So, um, you know, there's an argument that on that 2004 Cardinals team that got swept by the Red Sox, by the way, that Scott Rowland was the third best player. The Scott Rowland thing that pops up, and I, it might get mentioned later today, and you'll see Trevor Plouffe squirm on Talking Baseball, is was he ever, like, the best player on his team? I think for some of those Cardinals teams... You know, I think you take Scott Rowland over Bobby, or for the Phillies teams, you take Scott Rowland over Bobby Abreu. The Cardinals, I mean, should he be punished from being across the diamond from Albert Pujols, who we just said is a first ballot Hall of Fame that we we treat like a religion? I copied Albert Pujols' stance. Reminder, still not working. Um, my God, Albert Pujols, how's your one dots? Um. Is Scott Rowland a Hall of Famer? He is. Uh, if you wanted to be, if you really wanted to play that game, is he a small hall guy? No. Um, I mean, I was going circle. No, I mean, you go, you know, I, I was just talking about like what this, I, I had the Jaws. I don't even know what Jaws means, but it just basically lists players in order. Uh, Mike Schmidt, Eddie Matthews, Wade Boggs. You know who's fourth in war for third baseman? Adrian Beltre. Yep. Adrian Beltre, kind of a small hall guy. Could pick it, could hit it. 27 of that is defensive war, which even in Adrian Beltre's time, we didn't have that figured out. Brooks Robinson gets 39.1 defensive war. How? I mean, he's awesome. I had a picture of him in my room growing up because I love third base defense, and he has, just a reminder, Brooks Robinson, 16 gold gloves. <laughs> they did the voting a little different then? <laughs> the, voting but was, the voting was different. That uh, doesn't mean nothing. The fact you're out there playing third base for 16 seasons is even impressive. Yes. Uh, Ron Santo, Paul Molitor, Scott Rowland. Now, Ron Santo, that's someone I would have to... I would have to ask more people about Chris Rose. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, hey, come on. He would know, and he'd be excited to talk about it. Is he calling in? Normal dog in the chat, Tom Ace. Um, that's something I'd have to ask Chris Rose. Ron Santo, talk about an interesting 
Baseball reference. He won the gold glove one, two, three, four, five straight years. Sure. Uh, Nine-time All-Star. So, you know, if you're looking for that decade thing, which I really like for baseball because it's it's tough to be really good for a long time. Shouldn't be punished for being able to still be in the league even I mean, if between all down. Especially now between the BS, between keeping you in the minor leagues. Although if you're a guy on this level, that gets treated a little differently. Um, but like Ron Santo, here's something that you may not have known. Ron Santo led Major League Baseball in walks four seasons. Did anyone care in the 60s? From everything I know, the answer to that is no. Like they said, Ron Santo has a good eye. Um, that was a bonus piece about him. Man, in- interesting. Him and Ron Santo are a similar, a very similar wa- wavelength, whether you want to go modern stuff, OPS+. Plus. Um, Roland played for a little longer. I, where we're at with the Hall of Fame, and if you've heard us talk on Talking Baseball about it, whenever this comes up or during the lockout or whenever we get there, Scott Rowland was nasty. Um, I voted for him when we did our Hall of Fame ballot a little over a year ago. Only one top five MVP, only one top ten MVP. Again, Jolly Olive's voting might be able to to twist that a little better. This guy went to seven All-Star games. Um, You know, offensively, I think there's an argument that only... My guy, Brooks Robinson, was a lesser offensive player, uh, which when you view it like that, becomes interesting really quick, right? Like, is Scott Rowland the, the worst offensive third baseman in the Hall of Fame? Where I, mean, I end it's up... It's not like the numbers he's got are... Like, <laughs> I think they're enough, but... They're really good. Um, and yeah, it, it just depends who you are, right? Like, if we... If we were redoing the Hall of Fame and you were setting boundaries on it, like the the top 10, the top 12, third baseman, first baseman could be in there. I don't know. It could probably get ugly over Scott Rowland. He's a guy whose career, um, you know, National League, when National League and American League were still a little more cats and dogsy. So I, I didn't get the full dose of Scott Rowland. I caught him mostly ESPN highlights, making plays at third. I caught him fantasy baseball-wise when, like I said, a third baseman in 2004 with a one-dot OPS. That was pretty special. Um, He's got the peak. He ends up playing a while. Um, I mean, he played till 2012. Like, that's modern. Yeah. That's modern baseball. He and Trevor Plouffe played in the same Mm. seasons. Did they face off? Um, Probably. 2000. There was a Blue Jays year in there. Your 2012 Cincinnati Reds. Uh, Joey Votto still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, 1.041 that year, by the way. Brandon Phillips was 31. Zach Kosar at shortstop. Yes. Ryan Ludwig in the outfield with Drew Stubbs and Jay Bruce. Mm. The 25-year-old Jay Bruce, hot. 8.41. Todd Frazier, 26 years old. An 829 OPS. Uh, any good pitchers? Cueto, still doing it. Yeah. Uh, Matt Latos, Homer Bailey, still half doing it. I think he might have called it. Bronson Arroyo, off the ballot this year. But his windup did get copied in our office yesterday. Mm-hmm. 
believe that was Dalton. Uh, Mike Leak, Araldis Chapman is on that team. So, you know, <laughs> Scott Rowland, and when you talk about the game of baseball, when I, you know, he gets called up in the Phillies in 96. I mean, guys from yesteryear, Jim Eisenreich, that name won't, won't mean a lot to a lot of people. Uh, Lenny Dykstra, Kurt Schilling, Terry Mulholland, um, Ricky Batalico, CCSU. Check it. I think Scott Rowland should be a Hall of Fame. I'm not a small Hall guy. I think we flew past that. So, like, we're not doing that. Um, the story of baseball should know Scott Rowland. That's what the Hall of Fame should mean. Um, let's see. 316 homers, 2,000 hits, 855 OPS, a 122 OPS plus. Defensive stud. Yeah, I mean. Consistent. Very, some, some very interesting names that he was traded for. What do you got? His career, <clears throat> he was traded three different times. Mm. He went, he went Phillies to Cardinals. Placido Polanco went the other way. Hot. Uh, then he went Hot. Cardinals to Blue Jays in a trade. Troy Gloss came the other way, mm. and then Blue Jays to Reds. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion went the other way. He's part of. He's part of the story. Um. I think it's interesting, and just for some more perspective on it, like I mentioned, Greg Nettles, again, the war is there. If he and didn't play at the same time as uh, as Brooks, or or if he had no overlap, a couple more gold gloves in he there. He'd be your gold glove guy, and does that make you a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't know. Again, that's like, He's that's, just a, level, that's a level I shouldn't, I shouldn't be talking about Greg Nettles. Someone would have to tell me. Um, I've seen a couple Call highlights. seen a couple highlights. He looked dope. Um, yeah, and I, the up-and-coming guys, Arenado and Machado, as they're still in their primes, um, you know, those guys are going to climb the leaderboards and enter Hall of Fame territory. Our guy, Evan Longoria, this is good news for him, but he's also a step behind. Um, similar career offensive war to Scott Rowland. Uh, again, Scott Rowland gets a lot of defensive points where he might have been, you know, is there an argument he's a top three defensive third baseman all time? I don't know. I think so. Um, and should that guy be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Like, think about when you say stuff like that. Think about when you say a sentence like that. Scott Rowland may be the blank, a top five defensive third baseman. And it's like, all right, if he didn't hit it all... Maybe you don't need to yeah. put him in Cooperstown. He hit a ton. He hit a ton. It was a problem in the middle of every lineup. Um, Strong argument for best defensive third baseman of like his time. Twenty-one. Off the top of my head, don't have the other candidates for that conversation, but a lot of Gold Gloves in here. So yeah, yeah. So uh, happy for Scott Rowland. I uh, see in the chat right now, Longo going to go off this year. Yeah, might as well. Snakes. Snakes. Crack up a little war, kid. Um, so, if you're a small hall guy, you might hate this. I don't know. I, I Like I said, I haven't lived on the internet streets re- uh, this morning or last night. So, I, I don't know. <laughs> Foolish. First tweet on my timeline, Foolish Baseball. I'm smoking the shit that had Scott Rowland. 
I don't even really know what that means. <laughs> I don't really know what that means. He's uh, got the the good line on Andrew Jones's candidacy we haven't mentioned today, but uh, just his foolishest line on that is, what if I told you the best defensive center fielder ever also had 400 homers? And yeah. Andrew Jones kind of not making that much leeway. He's over. He's close to 50, 60% now, rather. I mean, Andrew Jones so. got rolling. I don't hate that. I think Andrew Jones has him beat defensively a little bit, but for who those players were at their time, and that's the thing, like, they're going to get in. So you could spin yourself in Hall of Fame circles between small hall and what ballot are they going to get in and all that. Um, You know, Rockies fans, if you're bummed out today, you won't be this time next year. Uh, Good for Roland. I think Wagner should be in there. I think Andrew Jones should be in there. Helton should definitely be in there. Beltron's going to be an interesting one for me. I'm going to have to chew through that a little more, especially where his current baseball life is at. But statistically, statistically, I think he's there. Technically, uh, the year that's like keeping him out, he wasn't even actually good. Right. The numbers. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think. I don't think it's like that. I I think Carlos too. Carlos Beltran right. has a little bit of like, wait, he's a Hall of Famer because again, I think it's similar to Roland. Seventy career WAR. It was always really good. His highest yeah. MVP is fourth in the MVP. But a lot, again, of, a lot of center field in there. Can Jolly recook those books? Because I mean, man, you know, a lot of nine OPS seasons while swiping. <laughs> Swiping bags. Swiped bags. 41 homers, 42 steals. I mean, the dude put up some monster numbers that uh, I guess. Up on you. And I guess that's the whole thing. In the time, it didn't feel like, whoa, am I watching Hall of Famer Carlos Beltran? It was like, wow, Carlos Beltran's really good. But it's where you stand on the wall. Hall. Todd will be in there next year. Uh, and yeah, hey. Also, we've just ignored a bunch of steroids guys that are arguably some of the best players ever. Barry Bonds, A-Rod. Whole separate convo. More updates to come on that another time. Oh, I uh, and I was going to close this part out with, I went to the theater last night. Oh, yes. I saw the MJ musical, Incredible. Uh, the guy who plays MJ. I mean, you know, people know MJ. You got you to gotta get that one. Unreal. Unreal. He nailed it. Really good performance. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, there was a gentleman, uh, as we're finishing Hall of Fame talk, that I walked by him, and he gave me kind of the look, and then he goes, Ellsbury, no votes. So that's your MVP roundup. Let's do a quick football preview because uh, I didn't lock in Bobby Skinner. He, he was here in the office Monday. Looks sad after the Giants stuff. Um, and they were already, he's on to scouting linebackers. I think he's scouting 75 linebackers or something this year. But, oh, shoot, I forgot. DraftKings, might have to tuck that into baseball somewhere. Yeah. DraftKings, four teams remain. We're about to talk about them. Two can play in the big game for championship weekend. Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on either game and in- instantly receive an additional 200 in bonus bets. New customers bet just $5 on either NFL playoff game that they're choosing, and they'll get 
200 in bonus bets instantly. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code BAKERS. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL game and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code BAKERS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for those tales. Um, championship weekend. Two games. There's three football games the rest of the way. It's always funny the first time it gets phrased like that, and you're like, damn. Coming out of summer when the NFL kicks in and you're sitting down for red zone and there's just too many games and, you know, this running back you took in the eighth round of fantasy and you're just, you're all in and you you can't believe that every, feels like every Sunday for as long as you can think was, is going to have football. And now here we are, conference championship game. Sunday, 3 p.m., Niners-Eagles, Bengals-Chiefs, uh, the 49ers came into the season well-liked. The, the question was Trey Lance. Like, what was he going to be? He was going to get the, king, the, the keys to the kingdom. Jimmy G is what's been holding this team back. Let's give it to Trey Lance, and if he's anything, uh, the Niners have a, a real chance because they've got a ton of talent, right? They had Debo, Kittle. They've been able to run the ball with Shanahan, talented guys on defense. Uh Funky little year for them. They lost week one to the Bears. That was that uh, raining like all hell game. Um, and I, you know, not to give myself too much credit, I chewed it up and spit it out. I said, that that's none of my business. They beat the Seahawks bigly. They lost to my Broncos 11 to 10. 11 to 10. There were nine three and outs in that game. Um, Melvin Gordon punches it in on the twelve play drive when we thought maybe the Bron- the Broncos were actually two and one and the Niners were one and two. NFL seasons are longer than you think. Uh, after that point, they beat the Rams, beat the Panthers. They lost at the Falcons. That's when I was really liking the Falcons. The Niners had a ton of injuries at this point, um, and the Falcons just had a power run game that was fun. They lose to the Chiefs. Chiefs just outpowered them. They were still getting healthy, and they still couldn't go toe-to-toe with them. Meanwhile, they were back to Jimmy G. Trey Lance was out instantly. And then they start to go. Uh and now they are winners of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, plus two playoff games, winners of 12 in a row. Jimmy G out. Brock Purdy in. He doesn't know what losing feels like. They traded for Christian McCaffrey, which at the time... People weren't sure what to do with. There was rumors the Rams were in on McCaffrey, if you remember that, because they didn't have their first-round pick this year. So they kind of want to go all in and get him. And Sean McVay, the Rams, you know, Super Bowl Rams. The Niners outpaid them to get him, and everyone was like, well, all right, but aren't you still the Niners that you're limited by Jimmy G and your offense? And, you know, uh, what's McCaffrey going to do for you? They played that one game. I think it was against the Cardinals. Or maybe it was the Bucks a little later on. 
everyone realized that they were the Yak Kings. Uh, I think McCaffrey, Debo, and Kittle all were leading the NFL at their position at yards after catch, which basically means you have dudes. <laughs> if you get those guys the ball in any fashion, they're going to do something special. And that's all they've done. Um, the question is, they have Brock Purdy playing. He's a seventh-round pick. He's a seventh-round pick out of Iowa State. Um, listed six foot. How about that? Six foot and five-eighths, so we'll give him six-one. Um, they have arguably one of the best coaches in the NFL, a coach that if you were starting your NFL franchise, you'd take him. Uh, he is basically offense so good that he's become a quarterback whisperer of sorts. Um, and I don't even think it's a Brock. I want you. I don't think you'd say he's a Brock Purdy whisperer. I, I think everything else is so good around him that he makes it kind of as easy as it is to play quarterback in the NFL for <laughs> for as well as I know. Um, they have talent on every level of the defense. Um, Bosa is a freak show. Um, Hufunga is awesome to watch. Fred Warner might be the best running back or linebacker in the NFL. They took out the Seahawks. They beat the Cowboys in that uh, kind of funky, ugly game a little bit. They head to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. The Eagles were the darlings uh, of kind of the offseason a little bit. Everyone was like, look out for the Eagles. Like, Hurts has taken a step. They got A.J. Brown to go with Devontae Smith. Um, you know, a lot of talent all over the field. They've rolled all year, man. Um, you know, everyone was worried about their hiccup of they lost at Dallas 40-34. to um, And then they lost to the Saints the next week. But... I'd like to say, but coming into that Dallas game, they were 13-1. and one. They kind of closed the book on the season already. They were good. Like, they did the job. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the, the 49ers. They started off 1-2. and two. The Eagles' final two games, they went 1-2, and two, including winning. The, the one win was that game against the Giants that meant nothing. So who cared? The part of the season that mattered to them, they went 13-1. and They rolled over the Giants last week, 38-7. to I've mentally been drinking Niners Kool-Aid um, just because I love, I love their dudes so much. Um, the Cowboys had a really good game plan against them defensively. Um, and... Purdy never made the big mistake from the people that I've listened to talk about football. These teams match up pretty well. Both teams can run the ball. Uh, you know, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders got, like, Philly's got guys. I think the Niners guys are a little better. <laughs> it never feels like it's this easy. But it kind of feels like it comes down to Hurts versus Purdy. And in Philadelphia, with what Jalen Hurts has done this year, 
the way he can run and pass the ball, I'm already regretting my bets that I placed on the Niners. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like it's Philly's game. The storyline for them would be, um, you know, going back to the Super Bowl. You know, kind same same front office, but a lot of new pieces. Obviously, Nick Foles not there. Doug Peterson not there. Um, and they have a Kelsey brother. Keep that in mind for storylines, Super Bowl storylines. Um, I just I already told you DraftKings. I bet it on the. I bet it. I bet on the Niners. Um, I believe in their skill positions. I feel like they've been building up for this. I love storylines as well. Their storylines would be Shanahan and the Niners are getting back to the Super Bowl. A rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy. I don't believe a rookie quarterback's ever won the Super Bowl. Sign me up for two weeks of that content. Although Brock Purdy's interview is about as boring as I've seen. And not like trying to be. Not like... Like, Judge is boring by design. Yes. He's make, like, he makes a choice to do not that. Not like, got to give credit to my teammates. Like, they got, the guys play great. Like, he was just... Yeah. Again, I... He's I not de- out there just... He's not going to give you a sound bite. He's, I depicted it as um, not believing the dream he's currently living. Um, Sirianni, I guess, is a good head coach. That's the other thing N- nobody knows for sure. Like, Shanahan has... His stripes, Sirianni deserves all the respect for this season, but, like, let's say the Niners went into Philly and they they roll pretty good, 31-14. to 14. Would you be shocked by the Sirianni stuff? I guess I don't know. I'm not in the X's and O's enough. I don't know how, what he has fully proven to us. I know he's done an amazing job with his team. I know where Jalen Hurts has gotten to. I don't know where Sirianni ranks among coaches at all. Yeah. And the the thing about him, people kind of just don't like him, <laughs> like a, like outside. But that's good for Philly. That's good for Philly. That's great for, for Philly. Philly. That's ideal that's, for Philly. That's hard for him to get good publicity when it's just like everyone uh, is kind of on. He's a little, bit, a little bit of a D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for Philly. Um, so that's the early game. Uh, I'm I'm on Niners gambling wise. I'm I'm the more I hear and think about it, I'm I'm starting to regret it. I guess let's find out. Hurts and Sirianni, Jalen Hurts. Are you really who you've become, Sirianni? Should you be talked about with a lot of the good head coaches because what he's done with Hurts and that program in Philly? Um, I guess I'm I'm gonna rest on my laurels and I'm I'm going Niners, and then. Bengals Chiefs were running it back in Arrowhead. Burrow Mahomes, I mean, NFL porn, uh, who Joe Burrow has now become, what Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, the Chiefs are 14-3. and They're 7-1 and at home. Their one loss, your Cincinnati Bengals, 27-24. Uh, uh, the Bengals defense, uh, Played really well in that game. Uh, the Chiefs had it. They were up 24-17. to 17. Cincinnati came back in this game. Shut out the Chiefs in the fourth quarter in Arrowhead. Um, and then it went scoreless, uh, like halfway through the fourth quarter. Bengals took the lead on a, on a touchdown. Burrow to Chris Evans, not in my book. 
Um, I don't know. This one, I am seemingly against. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs in my head. Um, I know Mahomes is hurt. Um, I know it wasn't pretty versus the Jaguars, which aren't a pretty football team when you when you talk about them. Uh, I think they were going to sleepwalk through the Jaguars a little bit because I think they knew on their... On a mediocre day, and I don't think they factored this in, but on a mediocre day with Mahomes with a, a rolled-up ankle, they still didn't really have a problem with the Jaguars. I think they've been waiting for this game. All the great athletes are great athletes. They're pissy. They remember everything. I think Mahomes is that guy. I don't think he's going to lose to the Bengals again. That's all I believe in. I think... They're going to do it. But everyone is on Burrow and Cincy, man. It's pretty unreal. Um, I, I'm i a little shocked by it. Everyone seemingly, the Josh Allen, Joe Burrow thing I've been doing a little bit with that one game, they have now fully gone full Joe Burrow and Cincy, which maybe it's just the pendulum going all the way that way. I don't know. But I do think... A lot of the NFL minds I listen to are on Cincinnati. But to be one-and-a-half-point favorites in Arrowhead with Patrick Mahomes, it just feels dirty. It feels grimy. Maybe all the football stuff is there. No, they're rolling right now. Maybe those old linemen issues that should have been a thing last week, but the Bills' D-line not existing, maybe that comes into play because Chris Jones is one of the best D-linemen in football, and they've got other guys there. I'm not shaking Kansas City. Maybe this is old school. Um, But I'm Kansas City uh, and the Niners. No Kelsey Bowl for me. Uh, Mm. I'm taking out uh, Eagles-Kelsey. Chiefs-Niners rematch? I've got Chiefs-Niners rematch. Little storyline there. Um, Bengals-Eagles? I don't know, man. That feels a little too like Madden-Sim Super Bowl for me. True. I feel like... NFL has had a ways. They had that old quarterback graphic when, you know, Peyton Roethlisberger, uh, Tom, they were in every Super Bowl. Like, football, there's hope every year, but somehow the elite teams kind of still roll. I don't know how healthy Mahomes is. Maybe there's two snaps in, and I go, my God, uh, that's a loser. Chad Henney's out there versus the Bengals. In Arrowhead, the Chiefs are one of the proudest franchises in, like, all of sports. To lose twice to the Bengals on their home field... After losing to him last year, I can't do that. Not with Patrick Mahomes. If you're Patrick Mahomes, you kind of don't let that happen. Uh, So we'll see. I mean, again, that's not very X's and O's. That's just a guy who's watched a lot of sports. Um, So enjoy watching the sports this weekend. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, uh, everyone tuning in on AMP. Uh, And we love you guys. Bake it.